There's a trillion different ways that you can make side hustle money. We talked about Airbnb, where you can rent out a part of your home for a short-term stay. We've talked about Turo, where you can rent out your car. Well, I got a new platform where you can actually rent out part of your home for storage. Now, self-storage is actually low-key, a massively, massively booming industry right now with all of this pandemic stuff. Neighbor helps you actually profit off that. Self-storage places, you know, they're needed, but there's a lot of quirks around them. Neighbor can actually help you do a peer-to-peer -peer version of that where you store, you know, somebody stores their stuff in your garage and they pay you for it. And so you run your little, you know, self-storage operation and I'm happy to uh, partner with them. They are sponsoring the podcast now. Uh, so I'm really, really excited. And guys, just another way for you guys to make some legitimate money, literally doing nothing like very, very passive. So check out the show notes for that. I really hope that you guys check it out because man, I think I'm going to try it out. Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, the new money podcast episode 138. How y'all doing, man? Gonna just jump into it. Well, I mean, you know, I gotta say my little spiel about, you know, a uh, couple things like, uh, you know, those reviews rolling in. Appreciate y'all. The Spotify, Spotify. I mean, I'm, bro, I'm pounding the table on Spotify. I think that is gonna be the one that's gonna really help out this show other than like you know other social channels because apple podcasts give any they ain't giving me much you know there's no organic reach there's no nothing so spotify if you can go and just leave the review there that'd be awesome also po apple podcast too that i mean that really that certainly helps too um but i think spotify is like gonna help i don't know get some organic reach out there but anyway uh would love if you guys did that that'd be really cool today we're gonna talk about banks it's usually the first it likely is the first financial institution that you come into contact with you know a lot of people trust their bank should they or shouldn't they i'll dive into that and just sort of some like thoughts that i have around banks because i have a yeah i don't know i did an episode like a year and a half ago on them and i've kind of evolved but i don't know let's just dive into it So guys, let's just firstly start with what a bank is. So a bank is a financial institution that's licensed to receive deposits and make loans. Uh, they provide financial services, wealth management, currency exchange. They do a lot of shit for you. Safe deposit boxes, if you know you're 50 million years old. Uh, but you know, they, they, they serve a lot of um, people. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's, it's banks. And so they do a wide range of things. The simplest way to understand how banks make money is they take your money in exchange for safe haven and then they lend it out at a higher rate and make money. I mean, obviously, it's not that simple. Um, some banks are, you know, to the point where they don't even need to use your deposits. Uh, the deposits are separate. Um, there, there's a there's a I don't know. It goes deep. They have so much fucking money. You can't even comprehend how much money banks have in Canada, in the US, in the world, uh, the major, you know, sort of first world banks, even any sort of financial institution, uh, banking institution, it's just like insane anywhere in the world. And so it's crazy how different they are than when they first started. They're a very efficient and phenomenal tool if you use them to their capacity. However, like, you know, I talk about this a lot, guys. It truly pays to know what the hell's going on with your finances. And, you know, your bank is no different. Banks, 
aren't your friend. They're your business partner, right? They're they're a for-profit business that you are you're giving them your business when you when you use them, right? Uh, they they might be lending out your deposits. They might not, be, but regardless, they are utilizing your services. They are marketing to you. You are giving them business, right? They need to be treated as such. You can't always rely on them to steer you in the direction of your best interest. They have targets. They have profits. They need to get you, like they're trying to squeeze as much value as they can out of each customer. Any person that works at a bank will tell you that. Like they, they, you know, the, the marketing's great for them, um, but ultimately you're a customer. They're trying to get as much money from the customers as they can. Banks make millions, sorry, billions in profits. And that's probably not a surprise to you, but you need to understand that a large revenue stream that they have is their underlying fees that they statistically speaking know that people aren't gonna keep track of. So with banks, at the end of the day, you need to test any advice that they may be giving you because at the end of the day, it's their interest over yours. They're always going to advise products that make them the most money and somewhat align with your interests and somewhat align with your risk profile. But ultimately, they're not putting you in the, the cheapest, most effective stuff. They're putting you in the stuff that can help you, but also makes them a pretty penny as well because you're trusting them to give you the best advice. But when your interests aren't aligned well, you know, or perfectly or like whatever, then it's, I don't know, it's not good. It's not good. And the bank knows that it has so many customers that it can go after that. It's not really like TD bank. Isn't like that scared if somebody walks, cause they're just so fucking big that like the next person that's going to come in, is just going to make up for it. So they're not necessarily worried about a reputational whatever. Although yes, I'm sure they, they say they are, and they, they try to do their best. And I'm sure some people do well with them, whatever. Um, but for the most part, people think they do well, because they don't know any better um, and they don't know what could have been. And so I think like, that's the thing. It's just the interests are not aligned. You need to always keep that in mind. A big thing I always, you know, say people should be very wary of is any investment advice from your bank, similar to what we're talking about. I mean, I have a lot of uh, colleagues, friends uh, that proclaim proudly uh, that they sat down with somebody at the bank and they set up their mutual funds to invest. And so like, here's the thing with that. You know, I'm, I'm so proud uh, that people have taken the initiative and have made that step in the right direction with respect to their future. However, it's a for-profit corporation, right? The investment products being offered to you likely aren't truly optimized for your goals and are way more expensive than some DIY options like Quest Trade, which I use, Well Simple Trade, which I use, and other low to no fee brokerages. And if I'm being 100% right now, investment products they are likely offering probably just suck. They're probably just not good, right? They're probably not the creme de la creme. They're probably not tracking the right stuff. There's probably just shit mixes of assets. You might be like 50% bonds, which if you're in your 20s, that makes absolutely no fucking sense to be anywhere near bonds that much. If you're, you know, if it's a 40, 50 year time horizon, uh, but I've seen that a ton where it's like a medium risk portfolio because no, like the thing is, if people don't understand how risk works and what risk is with respect to investments, then logically they're always gonna pick not too hot, not too cold, medium, just right. A little bit of risk, a little bit of, of course they're gonna pick that. If they knew that the most volatile, you know, 
portfolio or like the most like does, doesn't really fucking matter because it's long term it's it's about the broader trend and then they, they can ride up the highs and lows then they can be more aggressive fundamentally they're not taking on they're taking on risk so to speak but it's good because they're going for growth because they know that that's what it's called for and long term it's going to work out well if it in a broad diversified you know large equity portfolio you're going to do very well you don't need to hedge any risk because you're not touching the money for decades so why are you hedging with these fucking bullshit like assets you don't need that right now and you wouldn't know that and so of course when they give you the questionnaire of your risk tolerance you're not going to say i'm a risky risky person you know this isn't like you know I, I consider myself i'm not like that much of a big risk taker i mean i've done some shit like i i mean i guess okay i am in a sense that like yeah i can bet on myself and i invest and whatever but like generally speaking i'm not like a like a you know like a thrill-seeking risk person that would put like 10 out of 10 on on a questionnaire if i didn't know anything about investing in fact i actually had a mutual fund with cibc um before i started getting into everything early in university and and yeah it was it was like a 50 50 because i said i was like medium risk like i, I didn't want to take on all this risk i didn't want to lose my money because that's what people associate it with because these fucking banks aren't educating the people that are investing with them on what that actually means and so that was a very long roundabout way of saying uh they're taking advantage of people because they don't understand you know the fundamental things of investing and that's why even if you want to get a financial advisor you should know what the fuck's happening you should you should have an understanding of what's going on and i know a lot of people want to offload that and they don't have the time whatever that's why there's the wealth simple uh, invests robo advisors where they are actually pretty reasonable and they will actually uh, try to educate you and try to give you uh, some more information same with quest trade they'll try to give you some resources to understand why they're doing what they're doing and what makes sense for you and make strategic investments because they're growing businesses and they care more about their customers i would say regardless of net worth because uh, yeah big banks care about their high net worth clients but like when it comes to you know retail like just you know people that just walk into their local branch like i'm telling you it's a revolving door and so i i, I don't mean to be this like i i hate banks or anything because they have their fucking purpose and we're going to talk about that right now but just that's the one thing it's like you need to vet that and try to you guys listen to this podcast you've already like you guys probably already understand that like, yeah like i should probably stress test what anybody tells me let alone the bank like I, you know whatever they're not your enemy they're your business partner for certain needs but i would just say if you want a financial advisor go find a cfp go find somebody in external practice like probably not going to find a a fantastic one at a bank just being honest, there's better ones out there if you want that. But I don't really necessarily think you need that until you have a complex financial uh, situation. But the last thing on the specific topic, just because somebody works at a bank, it doesn't mean that they're an expert. A lot of times I've found that employees have a skill set that's optimized and educated to sell rather than to actually inform the customer because they don't really know it themselves, right? A lot of their knowledge is with compliance and service versus actual fundamental financial knowledge of, of and, and, and you know, sort of this passion around explaining and helping people understand it. It's just generally they're trying to sell you a product and meet a quota. That's what it is because that's what they do best, right? And that's what their proficiencies are in. So, you know, fucking take it with a grain of salt whenever they tell you you should be doing this that and the other i would probably talk to a you know fee only financial advisor or i would look at some neutral party well nobody's truly neutral but somebody who's more neutral i mean obviously i'm gonna say yeah guys like listen to me like i i, I think that's a good advice but but i would honestly just encourage you guys to do your own research your own due diligence and that little bit of work will go so far 
banking fees are i mean i'm not even gonna get into this i have a snow here about banking fees like e-transfer fees and activity fees monthly fees 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 you got to be aware of these all right i'm not gonna go too too into we've already went into it um but you just just please you know if you have overdraft protection get rid of it you don't need that if you if you need it then you need to figure out why you need it fix that so you can get off it right <laughs> you start the budget and all that kind of jazz uh, but but you know you need to be sort of very skeptical of, of everything and who you bank with and everything because you're giving them your business right and again i just want to underscore that you know banks are fantastic phenomenal tool for you for your cash and your money whatever when you have the right ones and there's awesome internet banks that are out there and they're even even like you know i've used most of the canadian major banks and they're great in their own sort of ways and they're starting to read the writing on the wall that people are getting fed up with their bullshit so they're starting to evolve slowly but surely so you know they have these fantastic services and and their infrastructure is great and i actually think that you should have at least one account with them just because of their customer service you know in general but yeah, I don't want you guys to think I hate banks. I just you just need to be very, very skeptical <laughs> of them. Uh, but you know, I, I think online banks are the new wave, and we can kind of talk about that a little bit right now. Most banking services have online capabilities in addition to their brick and mortar locations, but a lot of banks are just purely online, as uh, those services have really come into. Uh, their own and and they're very efficient with the rise and prominence of internet banking strictly online banks have emerged and these internet banks are more lean efficient services that cost much less to nothing right they may have savings account products that offer much higher yields those are the high interest savings accounts that we're always talking about and you know we can kind of just go over some pros and cons quickly and i could talk about some of my favorites in canada and, and even some american ones that i'm hearing so the pros obviously low to no fees online banks barely charge anything if anything Right, because uh, you know they're trying to build their business, trying to get more clients. They don't have brick and mortar locations that they have to pay for. Very lean, efficient businesses. Uh, pretty much all of those banks are CDIC insured, which is the Canadian Deposit Insurance Corp, meaning that there is insurance behind your money, so you don't have to worry about losing it all because you know the bank isn't some big thing, whatever. Like as long as your money's insured or CDIC protected, you're good. So I would check out for that as well. And you know, typically big bank savings accounts give you fuck all for your money and that's why i think a lot of these high interest savings accounts like eq bank neo financial you know uh, simply uh, tangerine they give you these nice high yields um and they're awesome so you should definitely check them out uh, and you know potentially their online platforms are better i mean guys i talk about neo all the time neo is a fantastic app their interface is beautiful just like wealth simple in terms of like how easy it is to navigate so Fantastic. I would um, definitely recommend uh, looking into them. But some cons, hey, no brick and mortar locations. Uh, that may mean something to you, right? Depending on the bank, it might be harder to get withdrawals or get the service you need, such as fees, revisions of products and whatever. Uh, so the customer service isn't as ideal, I guess. There's less personal interaction. Depends on your relationship. You know, maybe you have a relationship with tellers, like you love going and seeing your teller. I mean, you know, fair enough. It shouldn't really matter all that much too, but hey, like, like human connection means something, right? Online banks can't really compare. Yeah, the customer service just isn't as strong, but you know, you know, hey, like uh, it, it does the job I've found. It does, it's good enough, but if you really want that extra step, then yeah, like they just aren't really there. I mean, some are subsidiaries, like for example, Tangerine is a subsidiary of uh, Scotiabank and they are pretty good because they have the Scotiabank infrastructure. So maybe you could look for that, internet banks that are linked to a larger bank. Promo rates, some of the online banks offer a very flashy rate uh, for a few months, then they drop it down to something. And, um, you know, but I still think it's much better than a regular savings account. So 
here's the thing, guys. The, the, generally, a good amount of these internet banks are in fact backed by massive uh, banks. And so you should be pretty good. Like, should be good. Like Simply Financial is backed by CIBC, Tangerine, uh, with Scotiabank. And there's just a lot of op options that are out there. And even if it's not, like EQ Bank, for example, is, is coming into its own as a fantastic bank and a uh, place that you can go. So there's just so many different products that are starting to come out for these uh, boutique banks, these these sort of neo banks, and you know even even Ally Bank, Marcus in the United States, these are some awesome sort of uh, low fee options as well. So what do you do, and how do you what do you what do you make of this entire episode? Well, I use like everything. I've got CIBC with some accounts. I've got Wealth Simple. I've got Questrade and and Tangerine. I mean, you don't have to be as like all over the place as I am because I would just hop to the highest yield accounts. I would just open them, open them, open them and just get the highest yield when I was in university. And that was dope. But now things are a little bit different. But hey, you could definitely do that if you're if you're up for it. There's no, I mean, if there's no fees and there's no fees. But just like there's, there's a lot of great options for you guys to minimize those fees and make sure that you're getting the best uh, products. Because at the end of the day, these are businesses, uh, you're giving your business. So why not get the best? I would try to optimize for getting the best interest rate that you can, you know, on your savings account, getting the best service that you can in reason, and just maybe having some sort of system. So having like a major bank as your checking account, or whatever, and, and make sure it's low fee. You could have a boutique or like a, a high interest savings account with a different institution. You've got your wealth simple, you've got your quest rate, boom, boom, boom. Like there's a trifecta and you're good to go. So overall guys, I'm, I'm just trying to help you guys realize that this is like anything, right? When, if you're shopping for a laptop, you want to get the best. Maybe you want to get the MacBook or the new, the newest HP or whatever. You want to get the best products that you can. And this is no different. So you want to get the best of the best. And that should be no different with your banking. You shouldn't just use a bank uh, because your parents used it and whatever. And, you know, just go out and do a little bit of research. You guys would be shocked. And and honestly, it might seem like a bitch to switch, but it, it's, it's a lot more simple than you guys uh, might think it is. <laughs> So there you have it, my friends. That's pretty much the episode. Banks aren't your friend, they're your business partner. Keep that in mind. Your investment products are probably shit. You should probably look elsewhere for that. Fees will kill you. Be vigilant uh, and look into the power of online banks. I think, listen, it's not that crazy. It's not going to make that big of a difference in your life. But in aggregate, all of these things together that we talk about on the show makes a massive difference. So treat your money with respect. Get the best of the best. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned something. Go leave those reviews, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't you forget about the Apple Podcasts, even though I said Spotify, you know, focus on that too. Uh, but I really, really appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.